to Worth Watching Once, a podcast where we suggest Netflix original films that we think everyone should try. I'm your host, Thais, and as always, I have our other host with the most, <laughs> Brady. What up? So for this week's episode, we watched the movie Stowaway, which I had high hopes for, and I'm very excited to talk to you about it because I just want to know where you ended up landing. I'm probably going to be making all of the space puns. And that might have been the only one that I can come up with, but maybe it'll come back around. You never know. We'll just orbit on that, you know? (laughs) Oh, good one. (laughs) Um, So Stowaway was a uh, 2021 film. It was a sci-fi drama. Uh, This movie is almost two hours long. It was an hour and 56 minutes long um, with the Rotten Tomato score of 76 and IMDb 5.6 out of 10, which I find interesting how it just seems like it's kind of disconnected from the Rotten Tomatoes to IMDb. Um, I know like Google is usually a little different anyways. Google uses only half of them like this movie. So I feel like some people love it or hate it. And it's just kind of like down the middle. Well, you picked out the 76% is the critic score for Rotten Tomatoes. 48% is the audience score on oh. Rotten Tomatoes. Whoops. So the users of Rotten Tomatoes weren't super stoked about the movie. I feel like, I don't know, after reading some reviews, the critics also weren't super stoked about this movie. Not super surprised about that. <laughs> well, let's, so we'll get into it. So. This movie was rated TVMA. Oh, I don't have it on here. Okay. Thank you. I gotcha. <laughs> Which I guess is for the blood and some swearing. Yeah, I think it's more for the language. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, scenes of intensity. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> There was some intensity. I, yes, I just wouldn't rate something TV. Talks for of intensity. suicide and talks of murder. Yeah, but like Pretty Little Liars talks about that, and it's not TVMA. Or like Degrassi did, right? Is that TVMA? I'm just thinking of like all the teen stuff. I have no idea. <laughs> I also I don't know how Netflix rates their movies. Right. Uh, I don't know if they're beholden to like an MPAA that rates uh, provides the movie ratings i don't know how any of it works right is this why we never bring it up in our episodes i think maybe it is <laughs> maybe we and should. i don't think like children are listening if you're a child listening right now don't like go <laughs> abort go study something <laughs> yeah there's colorful language mm-hmm. being yeah. used by abort at least one of us like, yeah I feel attacked. Uh, that wasn't directed at any <clears throat> one person in particular. Right. Okay, Commander. Uh, why don't you give me... <laughs> why don't you give me the synopsis of this movie on Netflix? Sure thing. So, a three-person crew on a mission to Mars faces an impossible choice when an unplanned passenger jeopardizes the lives of everyone on board. It's the same exact one on Google. I love when that happens. <gasps> Wait, is it the same on IMDb? Are they finally cross-referencing? 
It's the same exact one. This is the first it's time. 2021, we figured it out. Oh, trifecta. <laughs> so there's some agreement there on the plot, which is a pretty basic movie. So, okay. But now that you've said the plot, and I know we still need to talk about literally everyone before I can say this, <laughs> but I just, I want to say, if the plot didn't say that we were going to Mars, I don't think I would have known we were going to Mars. I just, we'll come back around to that. <laughs> just, you know, take note. Oh, wow. Keep it in I'm, your pocket. Yeah, I'm going to be thinking about that. I'm gonna, that's in my pocket for sure. <laughs> just got to hold on to it. Okay. I'm holding that one. <laughs> we'll orbit back to it. We'll or- <laughs> yeah, we'll orbit back to it. <laughs> so who's the crew <laughs> who's the crew well we got the director who is joe penna and uh as always apologies if i'm pronouncing anyone's name wrong uh but he also shares a writing credit on the film and according to imdb this is his second feature-length film that he's directed after a movie called arctic mm-hmm. which is from 2018 uh, he also has a number of shorts that he directed plus the music video for avici's you make me R.I.P. Avicii, one of the greats. Interesting. Uh, interestingly, Arctic only has three credited actors. Mads Mikkelsen among them. Big Mads mm-hmm. fan. Uh, and Stowaway has four credited actors. So I'm going to challenge you to find any director <laughs> ever who only has seven credited actors across two feature films. That's bananas. Uh, yeah, I can't. I would have to travel to a galaxy probably far away to be able to find another. <sighs> yes, you probably would. <laughs> the puns don't sleep. I'm a shooting star. I'm going to talk to you real quick, Thais, about the actors in the movie. Mm, yes. And you know, this feels like one of those rare Netflix originals where most of the cast are pretty recognizable. Mm-hmm. and even well-known. So you have Anna Kendrick. Again, really requires no introduction. I've been a fan for a long time, going yeah. back to 2009's Up in the Air, which was uh, fantastic, and she was brilliant in it. And then, obviously, Pitch Perfect, which really took her to the stratosphere. I don't mm-hmm. think as many people know her from uh, Up in the Air, but I feel like everyone knows her from Pitch Perfect and its sequels. I actually know her from Twilight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some who I didn't think she had a huge role in Twilight though. She was like Who's one of the <laughs> one, like one of the sisters or something, right? Anyway, uh, no, she was a friend in the high school of people. I don't remember her name actually, but I, like I remember secondary. her face. Yeah, okay. she was definitely secondary. Uh, you also have Tony Collette, and I've been reminded I don't know how many times that Tony Collette is Australian. <laughs> I feel like once a year I'm like, oh, oh yeah. But like I always forget. So it's always kind of a shock to hear use her uh, you know, natural accent. Well, so when the movie started, I was like, oh, she's doing a weird accent. <laughs> and then I looked it up and like my first note was just she's Australian. Like it's an all caps with like a Brazilian amount of like question marks <laughs> and exclamation marks. I had no idea. I thought she was doing a convincing <laughs> accent. And then I thought about it and I was like, no, she's been doing a convincing accent. <laughs> she has. <laughs> yep. Long time. Um, and she's 
always fantastic and has a long long filmography mm-hmm. i'll just shout out a few of my faves uh back in the day sixth sense okay she was uh incredible little miss sunshine uh, fantastic movie the best movie and i'm so glad uh, that that's on your list because that's what i like go back to whenever i think of her that's the first movie i say yeah that's on her mount rushmore for sure Ugh. um and then some more recent movies like hereditary and knives out mm-hmm. um she was fantastic in both of those oh my God, knives out Whew. daniel day kim uh again not as recognizable as the first two but i feel like uh a lot of people recognize him for his role as Jin and lost mm-hmm. that was the first thing i said <laughs> And um, I, I didn't watch it, but he had a long run on Hawaii Five-0. Yeah, I didn't watch it. And he either. has so many TV credits, so many movie credit, uh, credits. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been around for a long time and uh, always just does a good job. And he was great in this, too. Yeah, agreed. Which brings us to one guy who's not as recognizable, Shamir Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, again, a lot of TV credits. Uh, but I actually do recognize him from another Netflix original that came out only a few weeks ago. It's called Awake. I haven't watched and it And I might do a write-up on it, but my short review is that it's not a good movie. Uh, but Shamir did have a pretty significant role in it. So uh, I think those are like his two big film credits, Awake and Stowaway. And they came out like two months apart. I am very interested in... An anthology series with looks like him and um Bill Skarsgård. Really? Mm, it's called Soulmates. <laughs> I mean, the stars are aligned, right? Must be good. I- <laughs> Must be good. Very curious about that. Uh listeners, if you've watched it, let us know. Just scream at your <laughs> listening devices right now and we will hear them. <laughs> you can cut that. <laughs> <laughs> that marks the first time that we talked about every single actor in the movie. Yeah. Because that's it. That's it. There's the four of them mm-hmm. in a small enclosed space trying to survive in space. Space. <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's get into this. I mean, I have a million questions to ask you, but maybe before that, we'll go back to that thing that I had in your pocket. You know, you want to pull that out? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I forgot about it, too. It was like it was like less than five minutes ago. I forgot about it. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because we have to talk about that. We have to talk about it. I Why? How? I don't, did I miss a part of the dialogue where they specifically said, we're heading to Mars? Not verbatim, <laughs> but there. It took a uh, while for it to be said, right? Because. What was, what was the guy's name? David? Mm-hmm. Daniel Day Kim's character is yeah. David, right? Yeah. David mentioned Mars a bunch of times. Yeah, but I feel like that was like later on. Like I'm saying. We're, oh, you're saying like at the start of the movie, they didn't look at each other and go, well, we're going to Mars. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what I mean is I felt like a lot of the time was spent without it being made clear. And I mean, and, and we could say that about the full movie, too. <laughs> there was just mm. a lot of empty space. 
space buns, uh, 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 black hole. But it just <laughs> felt like, I don't know. It just, it took a while for somebody to finally say like, well, this is the stuff that I was taking to Mars. Oh, this is the, you know, what I've been training for to go to Mars. Like, did you know we were going to spend two years getting to Mars? Like it just took a while <laughs> for it to just be clarified. And I kind of forgot, like I read the synopsis, but I didn't really pay too much attention to it because I still wanted to go into a blind. And mm. so for a little bit, I didn't know what was happening. I had no idea what was going on and I, it confused. So I wrote the first, th- <laughs> the first three, four notes that I have written down are Tony has an accent. She's Australian. Should Anna's mask be down? The helmets are all up. <laughs> yeah, that was a shocking move. Shocking goof. Goof. It was a goof. And it was then, a goof, yeah. But that's... then I thought it was hilarious that they like pointed it out. They were like, all right, crew, like put your uh, visors down. And then they put it down and then they get into space and they're like, all right, JK. And then they put it back up. And you're like, what? <laughs> when... When David puked, <laughs> that was a shocking moment for me because one, he's an astronaut. How are they sending? How are they sending guys in space who puke? Right. Like this guy can't handle a couple of G's or whatever it's going to take. <laughs> Wasn't it five G's? I think is what one of them said at one point. Whatever it was. <laughs> is that little? Maybe it's this guy's puking. Right. Yeah. I was like, so he's not an astronaut, right? And like- then I was like, wait a minute. He his helmet is. <laughs> How can he puke? <laughs> and as I just let it go, because I mean, what am I going to do? Stew about his helmet being up for the rest of the movie? But I mean, I did. bananas move. Yeah. And I think like a major, I'm not a, a space expert, but I feel like that's a huge oversight by the people making the movie. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is I saw an article where, um, oh, I should have written down this guy's name. They consulted a YouTuber who was like a former astronaut or space expert or something for this movie that was the <laughs> who they consulted <laughs> i should have written the guy's name down because i want to know who this youtuber is <laughs> but i'm like so this youtuber also agrees that visors should be up and people who have vertigo or motion sickness can go into space <laughs> yeah I, I don't know about any of that but it just seems like way off yeah and also like Anna Kendrick's character too, being so excited when they like made it out of the atmosphere. She's like, are you fucking kidding? Okay. She didn't say that. She's like, are you freaking kidding me? That was amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, is that how astronauts actually act? It's like, act like you've been there before, you know, <laughs> act like you've been to space one time. <laughs> but so then that was, um, yeah, I, so my, my next set of, notes here i'm just like i've never seen a movie where they show the launch this long that was like an excessive before, launch before we get to that because you brought up anna kendrick mm-hmm. i just want to say big fan me too i thought she did a fantastic job in this movie mm-hmm. i felt like she wasn't right for the role Ooh. did you get that same feeling um i don't know like that i ever like, like really believed her, that she was like a medical expert. I guess she's a doctor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. B- basically, she's a doctor mm-hmm. sent into space. Yeah. It, it just, I don't know. It didn't fit for me. I. She was fantastic. Yeah. In it. I want to make that clear, but just like didn't seem like she was the best choice for the role. Yeah, it was. Hmm. I think for me, it was. I took it more 
maybe not personal. I, it was more of like just the character she's playing wasn't best to go into space. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is too. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe that's what it is. But it was funny. I did say to Jared while we were watching it, I was like, you know what? I could actually see Anna Kendrick being an astronaut because she's tiny. And I feel like astronauts need to be tiny to be able to like move <laughs> about the cabin. <laughs> And he was like, what? And I was like, you don't think she looks like an astronaut? He was like, what? No. <laughs> so pure physical. <laughs> like she. Sure. <laughs> I feel like she she fit in the tiny space. Yeah. Um, but speaking of goofs in this first scene be- between the launch and them like in space, she has makeup on in one scene. And then as she's walking around the cabin, she's no makeup. And then she goes into her room and puts her stuff down, she has makeup on, she comes out, she doesn't have makeup on. So it just kept kind of bouncing back and forth between the amount of makeup she was wearing. So some consistency issues. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess that's what happens in space when you have like artificial gravity, right? Like your makeup doesn't stay on. I'm assuming I'm no scientist. <laughs> was that a space joke? Oh, I'm literally serious here. Does your makeup stay I have on? No, I have no idea. I have no clue. How do the Any, ions in your makeup react? I, I just don't know. Are we're getting right? to some, we're really showing our science ignorance. Yeah. So I, let's try to avoid the science just talk. Just use like so I don't... buzzwords. <laughs> like gravity. And gravity is a buzzword? For space? <laughs> <laughs> You have, you have to cut this. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets cut. But okay, so again, this movie. I just I want to read these notes because well, there's a point to them. So we're watching this launch, it's super long. And then I was like, what just happened? Why would they abort? Oh, discrepancy with the weight. There's not enough fuel. And then I just put foreshadowing. <laughs> And this is like, what, two minutes into, well, probably like a seven minutes into the movie because the launch takes like forever to like get through. And then I wrote down, why Kingfisher? Because I love that bird, but it was like, why would you name a spaceship a Kingfisher? Never got the answer to that. And then there's like a weird dialogue between. I think that's exactly why, because it's a big bird. It's not a big bird. Sorry, did I say big bird? It's not a big bird. You said big bird. No. Big fish. He's a big fisher. <laughs> he's, he's not a big bird. Sorry, that's what I meant. He's not a big bird. Why would you name a spaceship that? Maybe it was because it's a small spaceship. It's the biggest one they have, the biggest rocket they have. Then it shouldn't have been Kingfisher. Maybe because they're fishing for things and they thought it'd be funny. Kingfishers are tiny, first of all. Kingfisher is a bird. Yes, <laughs> I'm not disputing that fact. I'm disputing the fact that it's a tiny bird. Oh, 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 oh. Like it can't be. It's like maybe a little bit bigger than like a blue jay. I got nothing for you. Yeah. But anyways, I was like, oh, is there a relationship between? Well, at the time, we didn't know his name. I just put the Asian guy and Anna and then I put Dan. So maybe I should just say, is there a relationship between <laughs> Dan and Anna? I just felt like there was some uh, banter between the two of them just like to begin with and i'm like someone's gonna fuck you would think that i did and i was like oh he's married whatever he's still gonna fuck one of them i wrote that down right after i put they don't train for gravity because like he's feeling it 
And then they're walking around like all weird in the cabin and they're like, oh, you'll get used to the artificial gravity. And it's like, didn't they train for this shit? Like, why are they getting used to it? So from like the beginning, you're already like, who are these people? Why was this crew like picked to be out there? And then you learn, right? Like through very slow dialogue that they they were picked by like through a program that they were all like just submitting to right like uh, the commander tony collette like she she's done it like three times but or this was her third time but then the other two are just like newbies like they're just like oh we have you know a degree and we want to go into space like pick me and they like write an essay or whatever and then they get to come out so it's like oh okay i guess that sort of explains why they're acting like such noobs out in space (laughs) but it also like doesn't explain it and that's the point that i'm trying to get to is that this movie i felt like i was fishing i was king fishing for the answers uh that's i feel like that part makes sense to me like i didn't bat an eye that they had a like a biologist and a doctor oh, going up no that makes sense i mean but they weren't trained astronauts so you you think that they should have astronauts who then train in biology or medicine? No, it should be, well, whichever way it should be. I'm just saying it seemed like they missed out on the astronaut training. Like it's, it's like they just became oh, okay. soldiers without going to basic training. Like that's what it felt like. It was just like they never went into the machine that you go into to learn what a launch really feels like or like. Yeah. To put on suits and like learn what it's like to walk around in no gravity. I don't know. Like I, I'm no astronaut, <laughs> but it just, it felt like, uh, how do I say this? I felt like I was them. Like I could relate to them. And if for a moment I was like, oh, they're doing that for, yeah, those people that aren't astronauts to relate to the characters, to give characters like more depth. And then I was like, but wait, no, I shouldn't be able to relate to them. I'm no astronaut. <laughs> Right. So then I kept bouncing back and forth between that of like, do I just not know what goes into like becoming an astronaut? Can anyone just become an astronaut? Isn't there training for it? Is training just only six months and then they're off in space? Like, when does this take place? Are we in the future, the present or the past? Like, can anyone just go into space now? What year is this? I think it it is. <laughs> those are some good rapid fire questions. Thanks. Uh, uh, I mean, what I understood from the movie is, well, it's the future. Because they're going to Mars. But like a near future, right? Like, um, Yeah, near like 20 years from now. Okay. Because not they've been to Mars multiple times. This isn't the first mission to Mars. True, true. And they're sending unmanned uh, supply ships there. Great so point, yeah. this, and this is, a, they mentioned Hyperion, which is a company mm-hmm. uh, like, spacex or blue origin right yeah like it's not so nasa it's not, sending them. it's not nasa <laughs> yeah so because nasa would probably have more intensive astronaut space training mm-hmm. so i think because it's a private company i'm assuming and they need someone to go up and do biological experiments to get the biologist and yeah i like we talked about earlier him puking mm-hmm. was wild yeah like pick a guy who so i understand that they're not going to have like a ton of astronaut space training, but like pick a guy who can handle it. <laughs> yeah. And then Anna Kendrick. Yeah. I don't know. It's understandable. She's excited the first time she's in space. That'd be cool. 
I'd be like, whoa, this is I'm in space. Yeah. I mean, whoa. like at that point, like, I guess I understood like her, her actions, like knowing that they weren't. Yeah. Like that. this is more of like a commercial flight than it is. a. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they're like, I mean, if you think about later in the movie, they show their, their adept at being astronauts. Well, well, see, because then that's where it confuses me, because it almost seemed like it flip flop where like the movie starts off making it seem like these people aren't ready to be out here. And then yeah. suddenly it's just like, oh, shit, like we haven't made it known that they are ready to be out here. Let's fucking double down on it and be like, send them outside. Yeah. Like-, <laughs> like it's shocking that when David did the, the spacewalk, I guess, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. I thought the beginning, the puking was going to come back in some way. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of in a way like he did say like, because she asked him like, are you all right? And he's like, yeah. it's fine. Like we'll power through or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess I wanted it to be especially. Okay. I mean, we're getting <laughs> that scene <laughs> talking about science that we were both clearly, you know, masters and we have a PhD in As our audience has science. come to discover from us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but okay. So I'm no physicist. <laughs> I just play one on this podcast. Apparently <laughs> let me, let me put on my PhD pin <laughs> so that, you know, <laughs> is there a hat I can wear? Um, so this ship, right. Is kind of doing this whole uh, describe what I'm doing here. <laughs> rotation yeah yeah, but it's like a like a pendulum sort of thing where like when they shot themselves off they like extended a tail end so now you have like two weights on each side and it's causing the ship to continue rotating and that's what's making the ship like move out away from the atmosphere like i think what they're doing is creating centrifugal force which is Buzzword. causing the sensation of gravity on the ship. I think that's how they're creating their artificial gravity. Right. And that's why they're not floating in the ship. So it's that centrifugal force. I don't think is. But it's uh, the rotating so much, thing. Yeah. I don't think it's so much propelling them forward as oh, it is creating it was, that artificial gravity. Okay. I thought it was helping propel, but either way. So this is happening, right? So when they're climbing up the the tethers and then right. climbing down the tethers and then they're moving objects around and these objects are acting as if there's gravity it just and they're like standing on objects while they're out in space but this thing is rotating the whole time so if they're supposed to be feeling this gravity and the thing's rotating all over the place, A, wouldn't Dan be puking all over the place? <laughs> like, he should have been puking left and right. And B, I just feel like it just, it confused me with, like, the whole tanks, like, the oxygen tanks when they're bringing, like, when he's, like, propelling it down, like, the side of the the ship or whatever, I guess kind of a spoiler, but, um, like, why didn't that tank just, like, fly off? Why didn't it go forward or up or side? Like, why was it acting as if we're on Earth? I just have a lot of gravity questions <laughs> for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> the gravity um, of the situation here is. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I, again, I will preference that uh, preface. I have no idea what I'm talking about. 
but I, I do know I, I did. I took an astrophysics class in college, not to brag. You can brag. I passed. No big deal. (laughs) Uh, Gravity is uh, uh, every mass has gravity. So like the moon has gravity, mm-hmm. just not a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And it's held in orbit around earth because earth has much more gravity. And so even when you're like next to a, you know, a satellite or something in space, mm-hmm. there's gravity. You know, me and you floating in space would have gravity between each other, just like negligible. Mm-hmm. So I'd say I, I chemistry, but this... gravity works too. <laughs> <laughs> Finger guts. That was good. Thanks. That was good. <laughs> I would say that there is some gravity created not only within the the spaceship by that centrifugal force, because that's another way you can create artificial gravity by mm-hmm. by rotation. But I think that there's gravity outside it uh, and around because it? <laughs> of the ship as well. Okay. I don't know how that relates to the dropping of the object, but I think that the object does have some attraction to that ship. Okay. And again. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Right. That's the best I can do, though. No, I like that. No, I think that makes more sense. It just, yeah, I guess I was expecting things to move differently than like how they were moving. (laughs) Yeah. And also, I think also it's like, you know, if you're you ever go on like a roller coaster or something with a huge drop and you have a ball Mm -hmm. and you hold the ball out and it's still like. It doesn't zoom away, but it's like almost it looks like it's floating in your hand. Yeah, like my stomach. Because it's moving at the same speed you are. Yeah. I think there's some of that going on too, where the the canister is going at the same speed as everybody else. So if you let go of it, it's it's not gonna whoosh zoom away, but it's gonna almost like float there for a minute and then float away as it loses speed mm-hmm. relative to the ship itself. And then it's going to It'll get lost away right. into space, but it's going to look more like it floats away slowly as it loses speed. Mm-hmm. That's probably a better explanation than the gravity thing I said earlier. Okay. Uh, listeners, let us know how right or wrong we are about any of this at any point by screaming into your listening device. <laughs> I, yeah, I love to imagine for the last 10 minutes, some people much smarter than I am are just yelling. Yeah. At everything I'm saying. And I just, I'm so sorry. We probably I, lost I, I listeners. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do better next time if you just let us know. Yeah. Send us an email at worthwatchingonespod at gmail.com and let us know uh, just where we went wrong and maybe help, you know, explain a little bit in like, you know, layman's explain terms. Explain us like we're five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good office job. Um, so, okay. Well, I think the next thing we have to talk about is. Well, why they're the, out there, right? <laughs> well, I think, I, I think the guy. Right. The, the guy, like, what? I had a big problem with this. Yes. Why was that guy there? Okay. So I have sort of an explanation and sort of not an explanation. I'd love to hear what you think about this. And it ties into what I disliked about this movie a lot. <laughs> so. I'll start off by saying, um, yeah, the, the, I wrote down five things, like five reasons why I dislike this movie. And one of them was we were never explained why Michael was on board. 
So a little spoily alert, but not really because this is what makes the movie the movie. The problem that occurs with this crew is that they find out that they have one extra person on board. And the way that they find this guy is just so bizarre and how it is explained and not explained in the movie drives you insane. So from what I remember in the movie um, at this point, like, so Michael has woken up. He was like knocked out, right? He was like stuck in the, I don't even know, like a vent, we'll say <laughs> like a part of the ship. Yeah, it was that, like, like in the ceiling. It was like in the ceiling. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's knocked out and he's hurt. So when he comes to the crew's telling him like, Oh, you've been, you know, you've been out for like 12 hours. And so he's freaking out. He's like, what? 12, I'm, I shouldn't be on the ship. Cause he knows it's a two year mission. He has people to be with like at home. Right. So he's like, I shouldn't be on the ship. He's freaking out. And when they finally kind of calm him down in sort of like a broken way, he says, you know, I'm an engineer. I was working on the ship and then he kind of like starts to stutter a little bit. And he was just like, I honestly like can't remember what happens next. And then the movie kind of just like moves on from it. And you like don't really understand exactly what he was doing. So from what I gather from just what we learn about his character and learn about what's wrong with the ship, I think that he was like he had crawled in to work on something um, like because it's like every part of the ship is small. Right. So he's like in the mechanics of it all. It's like a tiny little like room, like from the outside of the ship. He had like crawled in and then maybe the hatch from the outside closed too early and banged him on the head and knocked him out. And now he's stuck inside there and they launch. So then in the launch is how he gets like the gash in his side because he's not strapped in anywhere. So he's just bouncing around inside that tiny little compartment, making him lose consciousness over and over. Right. Cause like, he's just banging his head more. He gets the gash on his side. Um, he ruins the ship, which is what causes everybody to lose their minds. Um, so that's my explanation. And I feel like that's not even a good enough explanation either, but based on the you way just that you're made that up. At, no, I mean, yeah, but oh, you didn't just sort of you made that up sort of like, yeah, because the movie doesn't say it straight out like that. Oh, shit. Apparently I'm underwater, but with like the little tiny puzzle pieces of like, we know he's an engineer. We know he was working on the ship um, when they go to try and pull out the was it the CRA or whatever it's called when they pull it out. They're in those suits because they can't be in there because it's like directly pointing to the outside of the ship because Anna Kendrick mentions him. She was just like, we're going to wear it because there's no you know, air there, but don't worry. We're still on the ship. So there's gravity. So we won't be floating around, but we just can't breathe. Ha ha. So then when they take out the, the, the acronym CRA, CVR, whatever it is, <laughs> um, when they take out the thing, you see like outside, you see the, the stars. So that's why to me, I was like, Oh, okay. That hole that they're staring at, was what he climbed in through. Yeah, I mean it's a it's it's a fine explanation. Mm -hmm. You're trying to fill a huge hole that the movie doesn't explain at all. Right. And that's the whole which, movie. <laughs> I feel like they don't do a good job at explaining anything. They leave holes everywhere. Yeah, it's a it's a 
a fine explanation. Very creative, Thais. That was brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> but you're filling a hole that the movie should fill. Like, this is a guy who is an engineer, worked on the ship, and he's in the ceiling during launch? Huh? Like, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can just explain that. It's the whole premise of the movie. You can't just explain that away. I'm fine with you know, the, the viewers having to you know, put together the piece of themselves or ambiguity or whatever. But this is like the entire premise of the movie. And it really doesn't make any sense that an engineer working on the ship is just going to be left on the ship. Huh? Like they're not accounting for these people. How long he's working on the ship? What, like an hour before launch? Right. So, yeah. So that's like the one thing is like they speculate that he's been out for 12 hours, but like who knows how like long it was before that he was already out because he, he had to have passed out inside the ship for him to have gotten stuck there. Right. Right. So which which then survived bring- the launch with no protective gear whatsoever. Yeah. Like that makes no sense. Uh I mean, he did get banged up, but he would have died, obviously, right? There's no way, unless he was just, like, so tight inside that. And, like, when you're passed out. Okay, so here's another theory. (laughs) Maybe I'm just a Michael believer. I'm just a Michael sympathizer. Um, You've heard of people getting caught in tornadoes and surviving, right? Yeah, sure. So, uh, worth mentioning once, I went to school for massage therapy, got certified, never got my license, the whole thing. Uh, But... Well, at school, we actually talked a lot about why people don't get hurt in those situations. Like, like, why don't some people get ripped apart inside a tornado, but we get whiplash in a car? Like, why is it that they can survive something so crazy with like so much force versus just like getting hit in the car? And one of the theories, and maybe it's factual, Again, I've been out of school for a while, (laughs) but what I remember learning was that the people that are in tornadoes are usually knocked out. And when they're knocked out, they're not tensing up. So their bodies are more like pliable. Yeah. Like more flexible. Yep. Um, So they don't get as hurt as if you were awake for it all and tensing and fighting against the pressure that's going like against you. So yeah, it's like that movie Due Date. Have you ever seen Due Date with Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis? They get into a car accident. Zach Galifianakis is driving mm-hmm. and he falls asleep at the wheel <laughs> and they get in this massive car accident and Robert Downey Jr. is all banged up and Zach Galifianakis is fine. Yeah. And he says afterwards, I can't remember the exact line because this is years ago, but he said something like, oh yeah, they said I'm fine because I was asleep and didn't wake up and you know, Robert Downey Jr. was tensed up and bracing himself and, and mm-hmm. got hurt so yeah that makes a lot of sense it, it still doesn't you know sure he, he survives the launch i'll i'll believe that whatever it's still sure. crazy to me that he's there working mm-hmm. on the ship yeah like, well that that doesn't happen right but then but then do we believe him that he was just working on the ship see Tice, this is why i texted you like, <laughs> 15 minutes in the movie or whatever it was, I texted you like, this cat wants to be there. (laughs) Because it was the only thing that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I was, I also thought it was the only thing that would make the story compelling. Yes. But uh, it it also was the only thing that made sense. 
because mm-hmm. I was like, how does a guy just fall asleep on a shuttle and like stay passed out? It's just insane to me that they'd have an engineer working on the shuttle like, you know, 30 minutes before launch and not be like, oh, hey, it's launch time. Where's Michael? Right. Right. You really, I think, have to suspend logic for like the entire premise of the movie to work. Yeah. I I also did believe that Michael got on the ship on purpose Um, once we learned that he's, you know, an engineer, that he was been working on his um it was his phd right and he was working on a project to submit for this program because he wanted to be in the next launch he wanted to yeah guy wants to of, go to mars yeah so so then Ender kendrick goes like well i guess you don't have to wait anymore and like that's the last we like hear about this at all <laughs> yep so yeah this movie so that's like the biggest thing in this movie that i I had trouble with it was just like they just don't explain things well they in some movies do it beautifully some like this was a very like I would say this is a slow paced movie but not like hold the dark was where it's slow and there's minimal lines but there's so much said within those lines mm-hmm. this movie didn't do it beautifully like hold the dark did it, it was just the lines were as dry as a situation as like, yeah, it just, it, they didn't do a good job at conveying the way that they, the dialogue was being said made it difficult for you to read between the lines. Like there are some, there's ways of storytelling where you can say a little bit and you can get so much out of it. And this one just felt very broad and like just on the the surface we just didn't feel deep at all and even when they're trying to you know make you sympathize with some of these characters by giving you some like background stories like I didn't sympathize with any of them at all I wasn't attached to any of them if any of them died I couldn't have cared less because I felt like they didn't give me enough for me to care like I think at one point I would say maybe David was the only one that I felt like more passionately for just because it seemed like he had more writing like on the line than everybody else. Like everybody else like still gets to live. And he's like, what's the point of living if like my work that I've been working on forever is like being wasted right now because of a stupid mistake. Like, so I, I think I sympathize with him the most, but then like everything else, I was just like, I honestly don't care if he fucking walked out of that ship and died. I, I think I would have been fine. <laughs> Cause yeah, I'm with you. I didn't, didn't I didn't care, care about anybody. <laughs> and even, Oh my God, especially like with Zoe's background where she, she explains that whole thing about her trying to save a guy that was drowning. And that was supposed to be, you know, a big moment of like revealing her characters, like true, you know, intentions like the, 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 the power that drives her, right? Like this was the moment where you're just like, oh my God, like this, this human like cares so much about people. Maybe this is why she got into medicine. Like maybe this is, it wasn't powerful. It felt again, very just skimming the surface. It was shallow. Everything was shallow. Everybody yeah, was, it was contrived a lot of like the whole plot was contrived and that I, I did like the lifeguard story 
Oh, interesting. Uh, just I because I felt like something compelling was finally happening, <gasps> happening. Like what she was saying was compelling and she was doing a good job with it. The, mm-hmm. the acting was, I thought, top notch. Uh, but I can't carry the, the story the way that it needed to. To me, it was like they're doing the best they can with what they were given. Like these actors are great actors and they're going to tell you a story. But if the writing is crappy, like how like that's as much as they could give out because like that, that's the only type of like leadership they got. (laughs) Like the directors are like, here's some lines, like say it. We're not going to explain anything about the movie, but you're going to act in it. And they're like, I guess we sort of understand the plot. I guess we'll act. (laughs) So, like, I think with the little that they were given, they did a phenomenal job. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, Yeah, no, totally agree. The acting was not the issue in this movie. They had pacing problems and contrivances and uh, really... I I've said a thousand times compelling. It wasn't that compelling. And the only scene that was, was the the tether walk scene. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really the only part of the movie where I like stopped and it had my full attention and I couldn't, couldn't look away uh, type scene in the, the entire film. Everything else yeah. was like, yeah. Well, so I have some, some questions for you. Hit me. Or I guess before I go into the questions, <laughs> Well, we had to get my hopes up. <laughs> just like the movie. You know what? I'm going to get your heart racing and <sighs> then I'm just going to speed it back down. <laughs> Is this how gravity works? So <laughs> uh, another goof moment. Um, speaking of the, the scene with Anna Kendrick explaining that whole lifeguard situation. So when she walks in to find Michael at like that little area where they're like watching the earth like spin away. I actually saw this on IMDb where the shadow of the lighting outside doesn't match what's going on like indoors. So like, you know, it's obviously they're not out in space, spoiler alert, but (laughs) so like, as you're watching like the, the earth, like spin away from them where the light is reflecting off of the planet should have been reflecting inside the ship. And there's like no shadows like being cast inside the, the ship as it's happening. Um, but the goof that I noticed was when she first walks over, Michael's sitting there and the syringe thing that he was supposed to use is on the floor. And then she, you know, kind of scooches down next to him, tells him the whole story about the lifeguard thing. And then she like holds her hand out and he hands her the syringe as if he had been holding it the whole time. So that was a goof because she had picked it up from the ground. So technically she should have like already had it and then. She asks him to like give it to her. So now for the questions, <laughs> I just wanted to point out some goofs that I noticed that I was very proud of. I was like, ah, goof. Nice catch. So I texted you during the movie asking you this, but who did you think was going to die first? <laughs> I thought I thought David was a, was a goner. Yeah, my money was on him too. Because, and maybe, well, no, I think it's based on the plot and also because he was the only one that I genuinely like kind of cared about. Genuinely, kind of, huh? <laughs> That's saying a lot. Yeah. Um, who were you most connected to in the movie? Was there anyone that you, like, for any moment felt like you cared about? Um, really, no. But I, I, my pick would be David, too, just because the whole 
solution ran through him. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was just kind of there. He was the only one who could do anything to save their situation. Yeah. So I think that's the only reason that I was most drawn to him because that was, he was the solution to getting them out of this predicament. So if he couldn't do it, then nobody could. Uh, If he died, I wouldn't have cared. Like you said, I, I wasn't really, I didn't care about anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, it's funny. So Jared actually mentioned this when we started watching the film, he goes, is Anna Kendrick the main character? And I was like, no, I think like, we're just kind of showing the ship through her eyes. Like, and then throughout the movie, I was like, oh, maybe she is the main character. Did you at all feel that way? Or like, at what point did you feel like, oh, Anna Kendrick's the main character? Um, to be honest with you, Chase, I didn't think about a main character at all or mm. who it might be. It was just kind of a, a group of three and then four people all together. I didn't think there was any any main character. Mm. You know, Tony Collette was running the ship, but I just she was playing her role. I didn't think that she was a main character. David didn't feel that way. Um, uh, Anna Kendrick certainly, I don't think, felt that way. Mm. Maybe that's why, maybe that's the reason I felt that she wasn't right for the role. Mm. Maybe I would have felt like someone else. I don't know. I hate to like do replacement names, but like if, if it had been Brie Larson, I don't know, maybe it would have felt like she was the main character. She would have uh, uh, had more of a a screen presence. I don't know. I'm speculating. Yeah. I I would have actually asked you (laughs) who you thought would have been better for the role. I kept thinking Shailene Woodley too but I, I really couldn't settle on anybody i felt was like you know really oh. could have nailed the role interesting yeah i guess i could have seen her as a a space person did you at any point feel like david and zoe were a thing had a thing wanted to be a thing thought about having a thing not even a little bit didn't okay. even think about it <laughs> so the reason i bring it up is one because i had that sneaky like feeling in the beginning where it just felt like they just kind of had a little bit of a banter. Um, But the part that really solidified it for me was at one point is when she decides like, no, I'll go instead of you. Right. We won't tell the listeners what she's actually doing, (laughs) but she's hugging him and he goes, Zoe, I And then he like trails off and he doesn't say what he's supposed to. And then she like moves on and starts talking to everybody else. And at that moment, I felt like he was about to say to her, like, I love you. Or like, I've always, you know, whatever. Or maybe he could have just said like, I'm sorry. Or, you know, I would go, but I'm too scared or, you know, something else. But it just, it felt because it was right after the line that she said, go back to, you know, go back home go back to your wife, like have some babies, send it, send one to Yale. And then he was like, Zoe, I, and it just felt like a moment of him, like going to confess his love for her. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think it was that at all. <laughs> I would have, I would have thought more, I got zero vibes from them. Mm. I think it would be more like, you know, it sh- it should be me or I'm sorry or. Yeah. Right. That makes probably makes more sense. You can write the fanfic though. Oh yeah. <laughs> already done okay so should we talk about the ending should we not talk about how it actually ends but talk about 
your feelings about the ending? Because I do have a great quote from the director. And I didn't know if this is something that we should keep or not. I think no, just because I don't, well, specifically, or I, I think we should talk about how it just ended. I don't think okay. we need to get into detail because yeah, I don't really have I don't any wanna, feelings I don't about it. I don't want to talk about how, yeah, yeah. Like what happened is just like, yeah, now it happened. Mm-hmm. But when the credits rolled, I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. Me too. So, yeah, I think we should talk about it. Because that's one of the re- the things that I didn't like about this movie. I'm still on the list of things that I didn't like about this movie. I'll bring it back around of why I did like this movie. But right now, <laughs> I'm on a, a hate orbit. <laughs> <laughs> How many times are we going to say orbit? So the the director, I got this quote from an interview that I did not write what the interview was for. I just like literally copy and pasted the quote. So I didn't know if we wanted to add it because it is kind of revealing. But he says, where to end my films is always the biggest question. The voiceover at the end and everything that happens right then and there. That was such a difficult thing to write. And that was something that we wrote after everything was done and that we knew we wanted to write after everything was done because we wanted to watch the film until the final little voiceover because we wanted it to be as hopeful as that bleak ass ending can be. We wanted it to be as hopeful as possible. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. (laughs) And look, I understand why they ended the movie when they did Mm -hmm. because it was a story about surviving the oxygen issue and in a way there was a conclusion to that storyline that's all we got yeah there wasn't even uh i mean i guess i can't complain about it because it i like i said i understand why they ended there and they didn't have to show anymore the story ended but it was so unsatisfying yeah it left you feeling yeah like you, you just you wanted more I texted you, you finished before me <laughs> yeah. and you said, shoot me a text when you're done. <laughs> and uh, wait, I want to well, my jaw taste was on the floor when I saw the credits roll. <laughs> and then on my end, I get, um, and then a little pause and I look at Jared and I was like, I think Brady just finished. <laughs> And then the next text, where can I get the rest of the movie? Yeah, how can I watch the rest of it? How can I watch the rest of the movie? I mean, it just felt so unsatisfying. When I was thinking about it later on, I was like, yeah, okay, I get why they ended it there. Sure. So, so blah, though. It was. It didn't. And I guess to me, I didn't feel hopeful. And that was something that was another um, interview or maybe it was the same interview where they said they wanted to keep it as hopeful as possible, but they wanted to end it in a way that it would leave room for interpretation. So um, I did see somebody, I think it was on Reddit that made a comment that as it's ending, you feel hopeful, you know, because of the voiceover and the dialogue and whatever. But then if you listen for the music, the last chord that it plays, it like turns like minor. So it's Ugh. almost like a, eh? <laughs> I hate the minor chords at the end of movies. <laughs> so like, it doesn't feel resolved. And maybe that's another reason why we felt like 
there was no resolution because the the music just changes and it just doesn't resolve. Yeah, it's like saying that. No, you have to finish you it. Finish it and- you have to. <laughs> and that's the movie is missing that last. Bump. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know what? I mean, overall, it it was decent and it had its moments. And it was good acting. It was just a really disappointing movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's the type of movie that you finish and it's hard to be like okay, let's go to bed or like you want to watch something else mm-hmm. to like get a feeling of fulfillment. Yes. Which we did. And I stayed up late watching Sweet Tooth because I just needed something else in my life. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I watched uh, I watched something else too. I yeah. can't remember what I watched. <laughs> oh, the uh, Good on Paper movie. Oh, yeah. That'll be our next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't think that we actually discussed the the big debacle in the movie to be honest we did mention you know that an extra person was on the ship but we didn't really explain why that's a problem oh my god (laughs) Uh, let me yeah okay okay thank you (laughs) because this was the other huge problem i had and this isn't giving anything away because it's like early in the movie it's the whole premise of the movie but and it ties into what i like about the movie (laughs) Yeah, one of their carbon dioxide scrubbers, which I guess spits out oxygen. So the CDS. Again, not a scientist. Mm-hmm. Uh, was damaged, apparently, by this guy. Yeah, when he was stuck in that little tiny cubby hole thing that we were describing earlier. And, and now they're not going to have enough oxygen for all four people to make it all the way there. Mm-hmm. This ship has one of those machines. Right. Everything, everything has redundancy. (laughs) There's not going to just be like, oh, the oxygen machine died. We're all going to die, too. Yeah. That wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. So that that part of the was insane to me, too. And that, again, felt contrived. I've like the guy being there was contrived. That was contrived Mm -hmm. just to like set up this situation. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. And it was also because now, you know, there's the. In the beginning, when they're launching and they they talk about a discrepancy in weight, like the guy that was in the ship was the discrepancy. And so because of the extra weight, now we've used up extra fuel as well. So now there's like, are we even going to make it to Mars? <laughs> we yeah. can't turn around because we wouldn't have enough fuel. So that's why they're like, well, we're going to keep them on the ship. Right. Uh, and which is something that I thought was funny is that they're they're talking about oxygen but no one's talking about food and water either. Like, so they had enough, they thought about having enough food and water for three people in a ship that was only made for two. Mm-hmm. That was also something that was interesting was like, yep. okay, so Hyperion is a company that what just makes like on the budget space shuttles. Like NASA would have made a big enough ship for Mm -hmm. three people and maybe with room for a fourth or they would have thought to put in, I don't know, an extra oxygen thing, an extra filter, an extra, you know, extra anything in case of emergencies like they at least you can live without (laughs) like you can super ration water and food, right? You can't ration oxygen. Once the oxygen's out, you're you're right. You can't serve. You can go like days without water and you know, a long time without food. So I could see them being able to ration that, but the, the not having a redundancy for oxygen, like uh, that makes no sense to me. Yeah. 
um, the fact that they like couldn't fix it, like it just couldn't even be repaired. It's like, yeah, you have fail safes for that. You're going into space. How do you not have what you need on the the ship to fix it Mm -hmm. or like replace it or something? And like, is it a two year mission? So is it because they made extra room for a third person that they had to get rid of these? (laughs) No, it's because Hyperion is the sloppiest company of all time. They're just leaving guys in spaceships. Yeah. They're going to Mars. It's like AT and T decided to send out astronauts. <laughs> oh my god! It's like Sears. Like Sears, Sears built the shuttle. Ames. <laughs> oh my god! Ames, Ames, and Kmart teamed up with Sears. Oh man! But so because of this whole situation, brings me into the reason why I like this movie. But before we get into the reasons why I love this movie, we do have a sponsor. What a twist. You love the movie? I Well, not love. Love a section of the movie. Love a part that. of the movie. I can't wait to Love hear is that. a strong word. I enjoyed. <laughs> before we get into it, we do have a sponsor. Do you have what it takes to be an astronaut? The HARP program at Hyperion is looking for qualified candidates to venture to Mars on our upcoming multi-year mission. Worried about your vertigo or motion sickness? Not a problem. Hyperion is looking for applicants with a bachelor's degree in engineering, biological or physical science, computer science, or math. They should also have three years of related professional experience or a thousand hours of piloting. Don't have any of those? No worries. Just sneak on onto our ship when we're not looking. Those ships aren't made to turn around, you know. Do you have what it takes to be a hero? Hyperion is looking for people who are willing to sacrifice themselves for others. Worrying about your family? Don't! They'll be better off without you through our FCHC plan or First Class Hyperion Care Plan so you can die without regrets. Candidates should send their resume and cover letters to HyperionHR at Hyperion.org by the end of this month to be considered. Hyperion. Not just a space company, we're a space family. Damn right. <laughs> Which <laughs> also something that I had a problem with <laughs> before I get into the things that I like. Uh, when Hyperion finds out that Michael is still on the ship and he is like freaking out because his sister's on Earth and he's like, I need to go home and take care of her, right? And Hyperion's like, no worries, we'll take care of her. I was like, are they just saying that to like make him feel assured so that he can die? (laughs) Could be. Which ties me into (laughs) the reason why I like this movie. So getting into the movie, we knew that the ship was doomed to begin with, right? Like all this like weird talk about the weight being off, the music kind of being sinister, the fact that these astronauts are puking in space when they shouldn't be. It was just like a recipe for a disaster. You just knew something was going to go wrong because I, like I said, like I had barely read the synopsis. I just knew it was a space movie and I knew the people that were in it. So I was excited about that. When the movie started getting into it and, you know, Michael, Michael's character becomes a, a plot point. I was so excited because one of my favorite plots points uh, or I don't I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Like one of my favorite things in movies, storylines is when 
strangers are in a room together and they don't get along and they start pointing the finger at everybody and starting to choose like who gets to live and who gets to die. Like you love the movie Devil. Yes. I love the movie The Circle. I <laughs> love Saw. I just I like anything that what's the the term? It's like a, a character. Uh, I thought I wrote it down. It's um, I like the psychological aspect of having to make these tough decisions because that's what puts me into a movie is me thinking like, how would I have reacted in the situation? Like which one of those characters would I have been, would I had, you know, acted differently and character study. That's what it is. It, it becomes more of a character study. And yep. even though it's a movie, right? Like it, these people aren't actually going through this crisis. It's still like a fun safe way of exploring these situations so that like if you were to get caught in the situation you might just have like a you know a, a what's the term a leg ahead a foot in the door what is it wow i think we should stick with that <laughs> you just want to have a leg ahead and a foot in the door that is a that's a brilliant point though Thais. this this movie was built to be a character study mm-hmm. and it wasn't <laughs> It, it, it unfortunately it, it missed the nail on the head that's a real saying right it and it missed the nail on the head <laughs> it missed the foot on the door <laughs> yeah tie them all together <laughs> um so that's kind of what was disappointing for me was that i wish that it was more of a character study than it really was but the illusion of it right like the how they were alluding to it like was what got me hooked and that's what caused so much tension like internal tension for me was waiting to see like oh my god what is the decision they're gonna make you know like people's lives are at stake and it's you know do you choose yourself over another human being like why do we get to play god who gets to play god why is it okay for them to be judge jury and executioner and i love those situations so if we're talking about the movie in solely just that aspect of these three, four people now get to be judge, jury, and executioner, love it. Can't get enough of it. I want more of it. <laughs> but where it fell short was, again, that pacing and the dialogue didn't feed enough into that part that I really enjoyed. I mean, the movie was beautiful. <laughs> And the tense moments I thought were tense. Like to me, having the conversation about whether or not they should kill a man, that's intense when they're discussing their next options. And, you know, they're saying that there's, there's no other option. Like, this is it. Like feeling like that stress of like, okay, then there's no hope. And then watching like one character saying like, no, but there's always hope. Like that's to me, that's tense. So I did enjoy it for those tense moments. I did like, you know, the, the catwalk thing, like that was intense for me. Like I was kind of at the edge of my seat of like, Oh my God, like somebody's going to do something stupid. Like, I think at one point I turned to Jared and I was like, they're going to lose power. Like, they're. <laughs> so I did like it for that. I just wish that the payout that there was a payout. We'll put it that way. Right. Like it, I didn't feel like after all that tension that I was put through and all this discussing whether or not, you know, somebody should die somebody should sacrifice themselves for the other that question was never answered and 
And we were just kind of left with you decide, do you want to be hopeful or do you want to be pessimistic? And I, I just, I didn't like that. <laughs> I kind of wanted them to, I don't know. I, I, I kind of wanted them to, to finish it one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I, the movie was decent, but disappointing. I don't think it's worth watching once. Yeah. I, unfortunately, because of the ending, I would also say it's not worth watching, but because of what did we call it? The character building, the character testing, the character session, the character, the character study. Yeah, it is. Okay. So I would say because of the ending, it's not worth watching, but if you're into this character study of what I mentioned of, you know, being judged during an executioner, then yeah, maybe put it on knowing that the end, maybe the movie will be better if you know that the ending will be disappointing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, because then, cause then maybe you won't, I don't want to say attached. Like, I just feel like you won't get your hopes up then at that point, because you have, you know, this amazing cast, you have this beautiful setting, um, you know, good score. Like, it just feels like we were led to believe that it was going to be more than it was. So maybe if you go in knowing that this is kind of it, like enjoy it while it's lasting, then maybe you won't be as disappointed as, and then you'll say that the movie is worth watching. And I will say, despite uh, I was a little harsh on the movie, maybe, but I I will say I'm in on uh, this this uh, director, Joe Penna, Mm -hmm. and I am interested in seeing his other movie from a few years ago, Arctic, Arctic. uh, which I I think got better reviews than this and uh, uh, definitely something I want to check out. Um, I did read that. So it's uh, worth mentioning once the boys wrote this movie before they wrote arctic so they had stowaway stowed away for a while (laughs) uh and they they got inspiration was it because of the martian or i they they got inspired by another movie that was out and about when arctic came out or like around that time and they were like you know what no we gotta write the story first so apparently where stowaway falls short is where Arctic actually, because I haven't seen the movie. It's something that I wanted to see and I just never got around to it because it did look slow paced and I just wasn't in the mood for it. But I guess Arctic does deliver that beautiful, like they use silence in a good way. From what I read from the reviews, it's like this movie, they, it's very tasteful how they use silence and how this like minimal dialogue actually plays with the movie. And so it did so well that they tried to then take this old story that they had stowed away and and kind of do the same thing. They were like, you know what? People love the way that we we brought this Arctic together. Let's try and recreate that in stowaway. But unfortunately, they might have added too many lines. They might have made the characters maybe too bubbly for what they had going. And it kind of it got ruined. So maybe had they stuck with less actors or less um, voice, uh, less dialogue like they did in Arctic, like maybe it would have been better. I'll, I'll hear shout out uh, a movie that is one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time. It kind of reminded me a bit of, uh, of this is Sunshine, 2007 film from Danny Boyle. 
absolutely fantastic cast. It was kind of an under the radar sci-fi film at the time, but it's got like Killian Murphy, Chris Evans, Rose Byrne, Benedict Wong, Mark Strong, Cliff Curtis, uh, and Danny Boyle, who directed Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, mm. Absolutely awesome movie. A little bit out there, but had some of the same same ideas in it that uh, that were in the stowaway. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, anytime you see a space movie, it's like uh, oxygen is yeah. That's not anything new that's stowaway. That's like every space movie ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to shout that out. No, it's like. I've never seen it. It sounds like something that would be up my alley. Uh, I think another point to space movies too, there's like that hint of claustrophobia too. Mm-hmm. That just like, yeah. it. it's just like an added, it's like you can't have Indian food without like cumin or curry, right? Like it's like right. the spice that makes it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll cut that up. But um, <laughs> a space <laughs> movie, I feel like you can't have a tense space movie without the spice of claustrophobia. <laughs> yeah. This is my hot take. You can't make pepperoni pizza without pepperoni. You know what? That's a better food <laughs> analogy. <laughs> you can't have pizza without oregano. Like that would have also yeah. been right. Like, what the fuck's wrong with me? <laughs> so to that, listeners, let us know if you've, watch the movie what you thought of the ending let us know if you if we swayed you one way or the other and you're going to watch the movie and then let us know that you have watched it so we know (laughs) just talk to us please for the love of god send us an email (laughs) or a message on instagram at worth watching once uh you can send us you know some random tweets at ww1pod and just say like hey stowaway hashtag what the fuck ending and we'll know <laughs> or you know you could put stowaway hashtag david and zoe <laughs> help my fanfic come to life you gotta let those two go <laughs> until next time i'm brady <laughs> i think you say peace like you always do i'm brady Peace. <laughs>